You're listening to The Recovery, a series of conversations about rediscovering the ancient faith in order to reclaim our own. Well, hello once again. As always, I hope this finds you well. I have recently been doing a little bit of demographic research on our uh, local population uh, in Muskegon County, Ohio. That's where we reside. Um, and it's been it's been interesting. One of the reports that we have access to through uh, church stuff is uh, pertaining to uh, religious beliefs. And one of the stats that stuck out to me was that in our county, and this is pretty consistent uh, nationally, actually, but two-thirds, 67% of people um, believe that they can believe in Jesus, right, without participating in a church. That's an astounding fact. I know that that's a, a thought and an idea that's out there, but... Uh, I, I never would have believed that two-thirds of the people uh, think that you can believe in Jesus and not be in the church. And actually, in thinking about that, um, I think scripturally, that's actually accurate. Um, you can believe in Jesus and not follow him, right? We're told in James that even the demons believe uh, and shudder. So, Belief in Jesus is not indicative of following Jesus. Those are two different issues, two different questions. Following has to do with uh, obeying and being part of his family. Um, you can believe in Jesus and believe who he was and what he did and uh, the claims of the Bible and still reject it, um, want nothing to do with it. But I think the way this question is probably posed and, and the day that's coming across indicate that most people think that they can be Christians, that they are following Jesus, that they're they're good, that they're in the kingdom uh, simply if they believe, but they don't need to be part of the church. And that's that's a sad commentary um, and a symptom of a, of a deep sickness that is in uh, the church and the Western world particularly, um, and, and we find represented in, in our local context. And my thought is probably in yours too, just given where the, the numbers fall nationally. And it's, it's come about, I'm sure, for many reasons, um, but one of them certainly is this idea that the gospel is that Jesus came to save you, that the message that has been put out over the last 150 years, particularly by the evangelical church and um, a number of their major proponents and, and thinkers and, and public speakers who honestly are probably not real theologically trained, but we're certainly good uh, ev evangelists. We're thinking here to like Billy Graham and Billy Sunday um, and the like. There was this idea that what the gospel was, was, hey, you, you know, God made you, God loved you, but you sin and you wreck it. Uh, but don't worry because God loves you so much that he sent a son to die on the cross to take your sin away. And if you believe in Jesus, then you shall inherit eternal life, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life, right? And so the gospel became the message of salvation. But if we look into the, the history of the church again, which is what this project really is about, um, trying to understand what the witness of the 2,000 years of God's people have been saying, if we go back and we study the text 
and, and what Jesus was saying and what Paul was saying and what the other New Testament writers were saying, we find out quickly that um, what, they're, what they're preaching, the gospel is not salvation, right? That's, that's tough to hear. Let that sink in for a second. The gospel is not a gospel of salvation. The message was that Jesus was king. That's the good news, right? Gospel, the, the term gospel in the first century, um, the Greek word is euangelion, and it was the announcement that a new Caesar had risen to the throne, right? And so when that happened, there was a gospel that was written and went out by writers and went through all of the empire announcing the, the, the ascendancy of the new emperor, right? And so when we talk about gospel, just, just the word gospel means uh, in that context, an announcement of a new king. Um, it certainly means good news, but it carries with it this, this other meaning of, of a new king. And when Jesus comes on the scene and, and all of the gospels as, as they're recorded, the four stories, um, in the New Testament and, and then on into what Paul was writing about the gospel of Jesus Christ, Je- Jesus is announcing the coming of the kingdom, right? His, his name, Jesus Christ, Christ means Messiah, Messiah is king, right? So Jesus, the king, uh, it, it's, it's his name, right? And so the good news is not simply that we are saved. It, it incorporates that. Uh, that, that is a necessary uh, part of Jesus becoming king, but the gospel is that Jesus has become king, that God has worked in the world in order to become king of the world once again to make things right, right? That God is in on a, a restoration, a renewal project, and that was launched 2,000 years ago when Jesus showed up as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of heaven, right? The kingdom, repent for the kingdom has drawn near. And repent there doesn't simply just mean uh, say you're sorry for your sins, but rather rethink, think again, right? Uh, it's time to rethink things because Jesus uh, and therefore God is now king of the world again, right? Something that had not been for a, a very long time. Uh, sin and death had reigned. We're told the evil one had dominion over the world, um, the earth, this age. And now Jesus has come to defeat him, right? He has conquered death. He has conquered sin. And now he has been enthroned, right? And so it's really important when we talk particularly about the Easter story and, and what Jesus has done. And when we, we rehearse the Eucharist or communion or the Lord's Supper, whatever your tradition calls it, that we recognize, um, and my church hears me say this all the time and uh, actually use these phrases last Sunday, but that what's important is not just the death and resurrection of Jesus, but it's his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his enthronement, right? That's the story. That's the gospel that Jesus has come, lived a, a faithful life to the covenant that God has set before him. He has faced death. He has gone through death. He has been resurrected in, as a new creation and as a representative of humanity, as both divine and man, human, human, divine and human, he has ascended to the throne and been enthroned at the right hand of God and is king, right? So we have a king. So what does that have to do with believing and following Jesus and whether or not you can be part of a church? Well, what Jesus was doing was creating this new family. He was uh, on this restoration project to reunite. I mean, there's a reason he gathers 12 disciples. That's that's representative of the 12 tribes of Israel, which was was the nation of God, of course, that had sort of fallen apart, um, gone astray, that God said he was going to work through and ultimately does by virtue of his son coming in the light of David. But by calling 12 disciples, Jesus is, is indicating and tipping the hat to the fact that he is reestablishing a new nation, a new family, right? For Paul, the chief witness of the church 
in the early years and while he's working and and it should still be, but unfortunately in many cases is not, the chief witness of the church is its unity amongst its diversity, right? He talks about um, in, in the kingdom, there are no Jews, no Gentiles, no male, no female, no slaves, uh, no freemen, uh, there's no black, there's no white, there, there's no there's no division among the people of God because it's one family, right? And so that's the point. When, when Jesus, again, we've talked about this before, but when Jesus asked, what is the, the greatest commandment is love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second one is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? It's just like it on equal footing, right? Love God, love people. You cannot love God if you don't love people, right? And you cannot love people properly if you're not connected with and love God. That doesn't mean you can't be nice to them, that you can't love them in some way, but not in the way that God intends um, without being given the spirit to love them well, um, according to this new covenantal family that God has created. But what that means is if you can't truly love God and you can't truly follow Jesus without being part of that family, and that family is the church. And part of the travesty of uh, the, the modern period of the church is that we have a uh, sort of acquiesce. We've just said, yeah, that's right. When people have said, uh, hey, you're an individual and, and, and you're autonomous and you don't, you're self-made and you don't need people, right? That's just patently false. And we know that in terms of psychology and science, um, it's unfortunately, it is still very popular and people think this, but that has led to this individualistic um, gospel of salvation where you just hear the good news of Jesus who came and died for your sins to make you right with God. And it's all about you and your relationship with God. And that is not true. It is about God establishing himself as king over all of creation. And as a result, we are all one family. We're all brought together. The divisions that we've, we have caused amongst ourselves are obliterated. Doesn't mean that we don't look at people and see color or nationality. Those certainly exist. But within those in spite of those those differences, we are still the same. We are still sons and daughters of the God Most High as one family. And the term church in the Greek is ekklesia, which means called out ones. We are all called out, right? We are called together out of uh, the world, out of this this age, um, out of the, the way things w- were, but prior to Christ's life, death, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement, and into the new kingdom, right? And and so the church is the body of people who have been called together into the kingdom. And so if you think you can believe in Jesus and not be part of a church, you have completely misunderstood what the gospel itself is. You've not accepted the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, because the good news of Jesus Christ is that he is now the king. And that means salvation. Salvation is a piece of that, but it's not all of that. Uh, and we have, unfortunately, as a church distilled this into a personal individualistic message of salvation, uh, which is important to understand, but as I said just a moment ago, only one piece of the larger message of the good news of Jesus Christ, which is that he is now king. Death has been defeated. There's a new family, God's new family. His kingdom has been established here on earth. We're all invited into that. We're invited to do that together. Now, the other thing that's interesting in this demographic report and probably plays into this is that, uh, well, two-thirds, yeah, that, that, that stat was two-thirds, 67% of people think you don't have to participate in church to believe in Jesus. Um, 61% of people don't think people in the church behave like Jesus, which is probably right. 
And that's probably a big reason why people don't want anything to do with the church. Because if you come to the church and you're told, hey, if you want to be a Christian, you have to connect with the church and you show up and everybody's jerks and they're judgmental. Uh, and they're all about ritual and doing things the right way in terms of legalism. And they're not about the love and the grace, the mercy, uh, the covenantal family that we've just talked about, loving God and loving people. Well, I don't think you, you don't, no one wants to be part of that church, right? Only, only self-righteous people who hate people that aren't like them want to be part of that church. Um, and unfortunately, there are enough of those people around to constitute institutions that we call churches, but that's not the church. So we have sort of a catch-22 here, and that is that you have to be part of the church, the universal small-c Catholic church, in order to be Christian. You do. You have, if you're going to follow Jesus, you have to be part of that family. You have to engage with the people of God. Um, but unfortunately, the local expressions of that family often are not as they should be. And that's, that's a real problem. So to fix that, we have to be different. We have to, we have to, as a church, we have to recognize our failure. We have to acknowledge our failure. We have to repent of our failure, both to God and to the world and say, Hey, we have failed, right? We have, we have failed to act like Jesus, but we've also failed to communicate to you, uh, the people who come to these churches, the people who are outside of these churches, um, that what, what this project is, what this, this life is that you're agreeing to is to be part of this community, this family that loves God, that loves one another is working to manifest the kingdom here on earth now in anticipation of the day when that will be true for all people in all places at all times um, at the second coming, at the dawning of the new age. Um, so do with that what you will, um, just some ideas to ponder. Um, you cannot, it is true, you cannot be a Christian truly and follow Jesus if you're not part of a church. So if you're part of, or if you've been around a church that you feel doesn't act like Jesus. I mean, there are always going to be some people who are problems, right? That's just, that's human nature. You get into a large group of people and there'll be people who now and then falter, they fail, um, and we need to have grace for one another. But there are also places that are just truly sick. Um, and if you find yourself in one of those, just leave, right? The, disconnect from that body, right? That's not a healthy place to be and go and find a community that is trying to be like Jesus, that is trying to love one another and, and before that even love God. Um, that's what this is all about. Well, that's our discussion for today. If you have comments, please get a hold of me on social media somewhere. Again, it's Rev Sam Osborne on just about every social media platform. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show and give it a rating. That does help. Um, and if you have anybody who might be interested in topics such as this, please pass the show on. We'd love to uh, find more people to be in conversation with. Until next time, have a good one.